Welcome to the Tippin Project Podcast. We'll explore the world of token incentivized physical infrastructure networks and Web3. We'll discuss everything from decentralized wireless to blockchain-based sensor networks, and we'll meet the founders behind these projects. Tippin reshapes the way the physical world interacts with crypto and blockchain. Whether you're a blockchain enthusiast, a technology buff, or curious about the future of Web3, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Tippin Project Podcast, where the future of Web3 is now. All right, guys, we're going to get going. Okay, so we've got Chuck and Will from EnviroBlock. So Chuck is going to give us a little bit of a background. Excuse me, uh, Will, maybe you could start off, uh, let Chuck introduce himself as well and get into EnviroBlock. Will, maybe give us a little background on IOTEX. This is the first project we've talked about here that is on the IOTEX blockchain. It's a very different ecosystem. It's fascinating if you're into sort of the geek type of tech stuff. You'll love this. I, uh, I've been listening to a lot of IOTEX podcasts lately, and they're doing some really amazing stuff. So, Will, why don't you get us going with a little bit of an introduction, and we'll go from there. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Will, also known as IOTEX Center on the Ecosystem. I'm the founder and CEO of EnviroBlock. We are a Web3 data analytics company for the smart home industry, and we're proving our concept utilizing the Pebble data miner from IOTEX to analyze HVAC proof of efficiency. So we're starting there with this cool hardware that y'all have probably seen us, us boast about. It's the Pebble data miner from IOTEX. They created very fast, very scalable blockchain, and then they designed this open source hardware and then said, okay, y'all go run with it. And we were one of the ones that were awarded a, a Halo grant for our idea to install these in attic spaces to analyze the different efficiencies of attic spaces for uh, HVAC systems, for ventilation, um, even for insulation as kind of our entry into the smart home industry. So we just started our proof of concept for our beta in August of last year. And so far we're up to 105 devices in 83 different properties across 16 different countries. So uh, we're, we're analyzing lots of different data, really coming through different patterns of, of what we're, we're starting to be able to tie now that we've been, you know, going on seven months now of, of data for, for some properties, kind of seeing how seasonal changes are affecting different environments and, and affecting different performance factors as we hit different network effects. Um, in different attics for those that have them or different um, using them for uh, around the world to analyze indoor spaces and balcony for outdoor weather stations as well for people who don't have uh, attic access. So, you know, we're very early on. We're still in bootstrap mode. We're a, we're a delegate for IOTEX, which is, you know, a validator, also known as a validator for different blockchains. And that's how we're getting a revenue source in this early stage to fund our data rewards pool out to our data providers. So, you know, that's kind of feeding our whole rewards mechanism out to our users for now in our bootstrapping mode. And like I said, very early on and still analyzing our entry to market to see our, our most valuable entry to really get our data packaged in a way to where we can sell it uh, back to industry for their use. I'll let Chuck introduce himself. He's my CTO and co-founder. He's, you know, legacy IT, had an IT business that he sold off in the last couple of years and thought he was going into retirement. And I pulled him right back out of retirement. Right and, uh, he's a you know very longtime friend, like a second father to me, and a very knowledgeable on the back end IT infrastructure side of things. So, Chuck, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, Will, you did a great job introducing me. So not a lot to add, but other than to say thank you, uh, 
Rob and, on, and the team for uh, hosting this and bringing us in. I have a lot of experience in the, the physical infrastructure network side of things back before Web3 was a thing. And uh, so I bring a lot of that experience to the puzzle and stuff and a lot of great insights as we uh, analyze these da- this data and pulling it in. So it's it's uh, it's pretty exciting and what things are going on. And like Will was saying that a lot of our uh, users are helping us by staking their IOTEX with our, our delegate and and following us on our uh, Twitter and our social media stuff. So we appreciate all the all the help they have they give us there. Will, do you want to give a little bit of maybe a little background on the IOTechs ecosystem? For sure. Yes. It's funny. I, you know, I'm only about a year and a half into crypto in general at all. I was kind of this outsider, had a few friends that were in Bitcoin and all that and, and missed out on all those early days. And I was like, all right, I need to start diving into this whole blockchain deal. Don't know what it is, but I, need to, I don't want to miss out on it either. You know, and so it's kind of, I'm, a, I'm an engineer by background, mechanical engineer. So you know, there are a few projects that were sticking out to me early on, you know, 18 months ago. Um, but certainly IOTechs was the one that stuck out to me the most because it was, you know, they're, they're all about tying the real world to the blockchain. So it's, it made everything click, you know, and they, it was very clear that they were focused on tying real world data, getting it on chain for this, you know, proof of proof of concept. They weren't just a white paper hyping a coin trying to do a pump and dump. Um, so that was very attractive as an early uh, entry into the blockchain space. But with the engineering background, it was very cool because they actually had something you could touch and feel. They had the Pebble data miner. They had the UCAM, which is their other decentralized end-to-end encrypted camera. You know, Chuck and I were kind of getting into this at the same time, and and we didn't know what IOTechs even was or did, but or what these UCAM and Pebble was. But we just kind of wanted to, to buy it, nerd out on it, and kind of see what it was and and go from there. And then a couple of months later, IOTechs to kind of, they designed this very scalable, very efficient blockchain, and then had this proof of concept hardware. And then they released, they announced this Halo grant and said, okay, anyone that has ideas to kind of apply this hardware to our blockchain, you know, you can apply for, for a Halo grant funding. It's not designed to be your full funding, but it'll, you know, designed to help kind of kickstart you. And that was really our first motivation to, to get started. And so we, we're kicking around some different ideas and I've got a background in roofing. So I spent some time in attics and it, it clicked one night. I was like, man, I'm not, nobody is studying attic spaces. Nobody's studying the different environments and the efficiencies of different attic setups, you know, so that it kind of clicked, man, I want to put these pebbles in attics and start analyzing the different efficiencies of these spaces to see if we can pull any valuable data out of those, you know? So it started with that just there. I've got our case study that I applied with our halo grant with it was, my house compared to my neighbor's house, literally four houses down, you know, built by the same builder, the same time, same materials. The only difference is I've replaced my roof and I've upgraded my ventilation system so I can really see. And Gil, I sent you a couple of screenshots if you can add those to there. You can really see the difference in the environment, the temperature and humidity of my attic to his. So that was kind of our proof of concept that we built on from there. It's like, okay. We're getting some useful data from here. Let's build on that. And then from there, we figured out how to get a revenue source, you know, our early revenues generation source, which is being a delegate for the IOTEX blockchain to kind of secure their blockchain as well, which allowed us to build a data pool and, and data rewards pool and really open this up to users all over the world. Because like us, there are a lot of people that had bought the Pebble, you know, with all these other projects in the past talking about coming online or under development to utilize a pebble and they all kind of went away. So 
you know, all over the world, there were people kind of sitting on these devices that were literally co collecting dust. And so it was, it was easy for us to get that initial kind of onboarding of people that just had them lying around. But as the months went by, it was really proving the value to us because, you know, people were reaching out to us going, Hey, I just ordered two and three more pebbles. You know, I got two and three more on the way. So that was really cool and really exciting for us that people were actually willing to go into their pocket to, to get some more to get online. So going from there, IOTEX is, you know, they're all about, we just got back from Denver and this, they called it the real world first annual real world event at East Denver. And it was very cool. A lot of projects like Demo and, and some of these other guys that y'all are familiar with, Hive Mapper, were all there. And it was all about real world, tying the real world to the blockchain. You know, and IOTEX hosted this and they're setting themselves up to be the infrastructure for projects like us and, and like Demo that, that kind of want to be, you know, that bridge to the chain. For us, for, for people that kind of are scared of the blockchain and crypto space, this whole real world and deep in and tip in kind of concept, I think is really going to be the, what makes it click for the, for the rest of the general public. It's that the infrastructure around them is going to slowly one by one start being tied to the blockchain, you know, and we're just an example of that. So very excited to be building on top of Biotex. I think I've said it for many, many months since the start. I think they're the most undervalued project around, you know, no investment advice given here, right? Don't listen to me, but they've been the quiet builders that have just been building the infrastructure that now it's kind of like people are realizing the scalability they can deal with on, on IOTEX and scalability and efficiency. So, you know, projects like us that keep proving them out, it's only going to grow. And, and that's the whole reason why I wanted to do a giveaway today with the IOTEX punks and the Web3 domains and the machine by NFT. Like I want to highlight the ecosystem because that's the coolest part about IOTEX is, is it is an entire ecosystem. It's not just one blockchain, you know, so couldn't be more excited. What's interesting is this pebble is not your product you know this is this is something that iotex put out and they basically like you said they they put it out and, and just said okay we have this device and why don't you guys who wants to build projects around it i ha I actually have one and it's it's small i mean it's like the size of uh, depending on how old you are if you remember like when you used to carry a beeper you know it's the size of i don't know the size of a maybe a credit card but thicker but it has a lot of a lot of functionality. There's a lot of sensors in it. So can you talk a little bit about what is inside of this thing? For sure. Iotex designed this as, you know, a proof of concept data miner. And, you know, they called it a data tracker or pebble tracker, which is, has a whole story behind it. You know, early on, we were getting feedback about the word tracker is very off-putting. They designed it as kind of asset tracker to where you could you could utilize this on, on the side of a cargo that you want to transport or you know if you want to, if you have a vehicle fleet you want to constantly monitor not just their gps location but other stuff like to answer your question rob that it has gps on it it monitors temperature and humidity and air pressure which we utilize very much it has a an air quality monitor in it which uses gas and we'll touch on that in a second it has a gyroscope an accelerometer and has a light sensor in it you know eight different sensors in there back up a little bit this Pebble data miner operates with the IoT SIM card, so that's how it communicates. It doesn't use Wi-Fi, it uses the IoT SIM card, which we can touch on again in a second. And that's sending a data-rich package with everything I just said every five minutes to IoTex's blockchain. So every five minutes, it's streaming a, a data package with you know a location reading, a temperature, humidity, pressure, gas, acceleration, gyroscope, and a light reading to IoTex's uh, web stream data oracle. 
And so that's what we're pulling that down into our local database. But they really designed it as an all-in-one kind of proof of concept hardware. So it, like I said, it they had the capability of it being an asset tracker. And that's why I presume it's an, it's communicating with an IoT, you know, cellular communication versus a Wi-Fi because it could be out on the road or on a drone or something like that. And like for us, we're utilizing it stationary in a house. So our, our next hardware off of this would, would probably utilize uh, a home's Wi-Fi connectivity versus an IoT SIM card because we're that's one limitation that we're seeing with the Pebble is you know not everyone around the world, not every country has IoT infrastructure, you know, cellular IoT infrastructure. Even here in the States, you know, we have our IoT SIM cards through AT&T, but AT&T IoT marketplace is completely different from your regular AT&T cell phone. So you you call the AT&T branch and they have no idea what you're talking about with an IoT SIM card, you know. So it's even here, it's very early on infrastructure-wise with this IoT cellular infrastructure network. So that has us pivoting with our you know, our next hardware. We haven't haven't locked it down on what we're doing, but you know, kind of a stripped down. We don't need everything that's involved with this Pebble Miner. Obviously, we don't need acceleration. We don't need a gyroscope, but a stripped down version of this Pebble Miner. We don't need an LCD screen to then have a like an attic sensor or a home environment sensor tied to like a gateway that's then connected to your Wi-Fi. You know, we're we're thinking of how to pivot beyond the Pebble. It's it's very good for what it is, but it, it's limited. I, you know, being that it is a, a jack of all trades, it's a very beautifully designed piece of hardware. You know, it, it is weather resistant. There's a there's a picture of of me or of my patio on my back porch. If y'all may have seen when we had a freeze in Texas with icicles hanging off of it, and, you know, it's still streaming data. So it's it's weather resistant, but in that weather resistance you know, you're not getting the best air quality readings, you know, so the air quality measurements are suffering because of the weather resistance casing. There's that. It operates off of a battery that essentially have to keep it plugged in all the time because the battery only lasts about 36 hours. So that's a, a design limitation there. So there's kind of pieces that we're able to pull from the pebble and pivot beyond with our next piece of hardware. But right now we're able to prove our concept, see what all this data even even looks like getting different data around the world is opening our eyes to different opportunities as well. You know, just seeing different things that we didn't think about. So it's, it, it, IOTEX always talks about this wasn't a commercially designed uh, device. It's purely proof of concept, but it is a beautiful piece of hardware. So we always tease them about that, that they sure spend a lot of time and money de designing it because it's, it's very nice and it's very effective. It, the very, the cool thing about the Pebble, um, you'll hear a lot about with IOTEX. Uh, their web stream, they're, they're launching that right now. They're still in the early stages of it, but it's their kind of layer two smart data oracle. Their Pebble was already going to kind of their first iteration of web stream, you know, before it was even called web stream. So for many different ways and many different aspects, it's all proving out their concept and enabling them to build off not only their internal infrastructure, but us as well, you know, so it's very much a, a symbiotic relationship where we're able to kind of be a, a proof of concept for them and their hardware and their blockchain. And they're able to kind of see what we're running into and pivot from there and improve from there. So um, it's very cool. Very fun. One thing I wanted to ask about, you mentioned the picture of your backyard and the icicles. And the other thing I saw you posting about, and I kind of teased a little bit with this group is the 
proof of hurricane and the first ever, I forget how you had worded it, uh, on-chain hurricane that you recorded with the Pebble. So you could let us yes. uh, know about that. Yeah. So that was by accident. And, you know, I've, I've boasted that. I'm sure there's other guys like the weather flow guys probably have some weather sensors out there in Florida. I imagine that they caught that. They just haven't seen my tweet, but, um, no, that was a user very early on in Florida. He's been following us even before we got going. He was messaging me how to even get on with IOTEX, you know? So as soon as, as we got going, he wanted to get a pebble in his attic and he had it in, he actually missed one hurricane and I was, he, because of the SIM card issue that I was talking about, he didn't quite figure it out yet. And a hurricane passed through Florida and I was like, oh man, that would have been really cool if he would have caught that, you know? And then he got his pebble in his attic and like a month later that Hurricane Nicole came through. It's not a direct hit on his house. You can prove that the hurricane came through based on the pressure drop. And I also included that uh, over to Gil to screenshot in the group if we could. But it opened up our eyes to, you know, down the line, there's an opportunity there for insurance data and, and like a proof of loss event. And places that have a lot of hail, you're dealing with a lot of roof replacements and proof of loss, proof of loss events like that, tornadoes, things of that nature, but other measurable proof of loss events are hurricanes and things like that. And so there's, there's absolutely no question that that data happened when it happened. And if you see that visual that, that I'm talking about, you can see the tremendous pressure drop that that user experienced in his attic. It wasn't in Florida during that hurricane. So. That's an example of, you know, as, as we have these, this data streaming from all over the world in these different situations and setups, it's opening our eyes to different opportunities to, to capitalize or, or not later on, you know, and that's because of that. It's, it's really been a, a focus of ours to have that controlled setup, you know, so whenever, so we, cause we need to know what that data is looking at and means. Oh, there you go, Rob. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So. Yes. Right there on the bottom right part, there. you can see for everyone looking at the screen, that's right when that Hurricane Nicole passed uh, about 40 miles from that user's house. So the, the humidity, I believe that's the humidity on top, and then the pressure drop on bottom. Um, so and that's over like a week and a half span there. So that's literally proof of pressure drop, proof of, of loss event there for the hurricane passing through. So as little as that was, that was exciting for us because we captured it on chain, you know, so. I had a question similar on that, on that line of what you're talking about and something that gets asked a lot about is the data that you're collecting and what are you going to do with it? And is there value? So like right now you're giving us an example of basically being able to see verifiable proof that this hurricane came through, you have, you know, the, the date, depending on how accurate or I guess how much you drill into it, maybe the time time frame of when the hurricane hits. So in the fat in, in the event there was a loss and there's damage, you have this this information to, you know, whether it was a hurricane or a microburst or something that maybe hit your neighborhood, but not necessarily the entire region. So that maybe national coverage wasn't wasn't there. But you know, so that's how that's that's value right there in that data. But in general, you know, you must have, I guess, like a plan for the data if, in terms of what you're collecting, um, what you see happening with the data, you're, what are you building with it? Are you building, you know, I think I heard you mention once before about basically like you're building a credit history in some sense of the data that you're collecting. So maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. 
for sure. So we really want to harp on this proof of efficiency. You know, we see a lot of value on on building off of this proof of e- of efficiency. This the hurricane capture event that was cool to see. You know, that is an opportunity maybe down the line, but really being able to extrapolate energy savings, i.e., real dollars off of different HVAC systems, different design builds, different energy improvements, to where you could get to where you're you're encouraging behavior, energy efficient behavior, you know, for a reward, right? So we're looking at a couple different a- avenues of either partnering like a local utility company, trialing out here around Austin to users within this utility. Could could we trial them to where we can encourage a more energy efficient behavior for a, a tokenized reward system? You know, that's one aspect there. The physical data that we're collecting in our eyes could be very valuable if it's controlled and monitored. That's what I got off of a minute ago was a controlled setup to like industry players, heating, ventilation manufacturers, air conditioner manufacturers, home builders, designers from an energy efficiency standpoint to where they can, you know, they have proof that their their home designs are the most efficient on the market, you know, that kind of thing. Those are some of the different avenues that we're still we're still evaluating and want to package up. But the real question is getting that data to those people, getting that data in front of those people. And so there's there's different avenues that we're looking at, like Streamer, that's a platform, Ocean Protocols, another platform that that we're recently getting getting uh, familiar with, and those allow both, you know, kind of unpackaged, unanalyzed, as well as you know, fully analyzed data off sales to industry to then purchase as well. With that, there's the whole question of: Are you selling the data? Are you licensing the data? Are you selling or licensing digital copy of the data, you know, so there's all those kind of questions that we're going to have to address as we as we go um, and make sure that user privacy is always kept first and foremost, because that's the biggest kind of hurdle to onboarding is making sure that users don't feel like their data is just getting exploited and everyone knows about it, you know, so that's our whole point. But a long way to answer, we're, we're still kind of wrapping our minds around it of, of our best our best go to market. Um, but we're, we're analyzing this proof of efficiency concept. And that's really what we want to focus in on to get our first, you know, our, our first data package might not be a, a big seller, right? But we just need to, we need to prove one, one data set and one proof of efficiency concept to build off of there. And that's why we're, we're trying to start here locally around Austin, Texas with a, with a utility company to do just that. Okay. It sounds like the main goal here is really your your background in roofing is lending itself to attic installs and basically monitoring heat conditions in the attic is that is that your focus i mean i'm thinking of other down the road adding other functionality in terms of uh, basement spaces or are you you exactly. know if someone doesn't have an attic if someone doesn't have an attic today are you also is there are also other uh, areas you're looking at in a home Yes, for sure. So, um, you know, mechanical engineering background, and so that has that kind of ingrained this just efficient efficiency mindset, you know, so everything is efficiency, efficiency, just in day to day. So the roofing definitely put me in attics a lot. And then just being a homeowner here and spending time on my own attic, I felt the difference. Attics, a lot of people don't know how important they are for the efficiency and the overall health of your home. A lot of people just view attics as an unfinished storage space, you know, maybe a finished storage space. 
uh, or, or living space. But, you know, in the, in the hot climates, it's all about removing heat because a lot of your duct work for HVAC goes through hot attics. And so it's running through 130 degree attic or whatever before it even hit, hits your interior space to cool it down. So you got a lot of energy loss there. And then Rob up where you're at up in, up in the Northeast. And like a lot of our, our users in Canada, it's all about removing moisture. So you've got a lot of this, you know, the, the temperature differential between the interior warmth and the exterior cold added with, you know, all your shower and cooking and living moisture. If you're not removing that moisture out of your attic space, it creates a really big mold problem. And now if you don't control that, it's deteriorating your structure and you're circling it all through your house, creating a health hazard. So an attic mm -hmm. is very important, both for the health and efficiency of your home and a hot climate to remove heat and a cold climate to remove moisture. But that was kind of our, our industry as a smart home industry. The attic is just our foot in the door because there's no one currently in that space. There's no one analyzing attics. So it was, it was a very easy entry to that kind of market, prove the whole concept. But yes, to answer your question, Rob, there's We've got users, you know, a lot of a lot in Europe and, and over in Asia that don't have standalone homes. You know, they have apartments and balconies. So if they do have balconies, we're able to get them on balconies and kind of use them as like a little outdoor weather station. If they don't have balconies, we're essentially just seeing a pattern of, of indoor living habit, you know, and that's basically the best we can do with an indoor pebble for now. And we're certainly utilizing the most data most value of the data from these attic setups for, for what we're doing in this first stage. The most valuable properties are the ones that have multiple points of data. Like one user in Georgia has one in his attic, one in his uh, second story, one in his first story, and one in his basement. Like you touched on, Rob, a lot of people have basements and anyone that's ever had a basement. I went to school in the Northeast. We don't have basements in Texas, but in the Northeast where I went to school is a very humid, very damp, that house, I pulled my bags out after two years and it was just covered in mold, a very big issue, which definitely occurs with a lot of houses with basements. So um, this house that we have in Georgia has a pebble on every floor and that's really, and one outside, and that's allowing us to get this full view of his property because one, one having that one outside as well allows us to see, okay, everything rose. Why did that happen? Okay cold front blew in or blew out warm front blew through, you know, it allows us to kind of get that view of what's going on in, inside the property based on the exterior factors as well. So to answer your question, that's how we're able to kind of allow users to onboard if they don't have an attic, you know, we're either using as an outdoor weather station per se, or just an indoor kind of uh, living habit, but certainly get the most bang for the buck on our end with an attic setup. And if they can, they have one outside as well. Can you, I know there's, this looks like a few questions coming up and they're talking a little bit in there in the chat about their, you know, the 10 IO text a day and questions about the token. And I know there's plans eventually you're, you're, I guess, well, right now you're utilizing the IO text token for rewards and there is plans for an e-block token. So I don't know if you or Chuck can get into a little bit of the tokenomics and the roadmap in terms of what your eventual goals are with that, that part of the project. Yeah, for sure. It's still way early on. We don't even have a tokenomic structure figured out yet. It's purely going down the road of we're going to need our own token to utilize as a utility back out to providers once we once we pivot beyond the pebble. So that that will really open us up to this to furthering out this whole web3 concept 
with what we kind of see as like a, a suite of different sensors that you could you could have in your house or different data points. Um, so that's that's down the line for sure. We are a U.S. based company, so we have to be very smart about that. You know, from the start, we're we're dead set on doing this the right way, and and not you know we want to be the project that people point to of how to do this legit and how to do this the right way, and that's why we've been completely docs from the beginning and and you know we now have our llc uh here in the us so uh, with all that being said we do have plans to do the eblock token but we have to be very smart and do our homework on our end first before we start releasing that so the iotex token allows us to kind of build our network and utilize this whole reward system uh, with their token for now but we do have that eblock token in the roadmap long term excellent oh so somebody had asked a question about partners, other uh, industry partners, uh, companies you're collaborating with, you mentioned Streamer as a potential, and, and I'm thinking that's something that what they're doing is, I'm familiar with Streamer, they're working with some other projects to essentially write decentralized data storage, they're a peer-to-peer -peer network. Uh, so is that someone that between Streamer or do you have other projects that you have maybe spoken to or even without necessarily naming names, other, I guess, project types of projects that you would be looking to partner with for sure the the data platform we we thought that we we're gonna we we're gonna need to build a data marketplace and talk to us in two years we may be working on it right but at least now we want to utilize existing platforms and so we've we've mentioned building a data marketplace simply because you know we weren't aware of different opportunities yet so and that was one thing that came out of out of eth denver in the real world event was kind of these different existing platforms like streamer and ocean protocol that that facilitate that you know the data producers to the data consumers you know they facilitate that transaction and that that data storage there so those are definitely obvious interests or needs you know everything we're doing with the efficiency of the home and and how that portrays we've been we've been utilizing the outdoor pebble as kind of like a little outdoor weather station but very logic you know some of these decentralized weather weather companies, weather XM, what's the, I'm blanking on them. There's a couple other of these uh, weather station companies that would be a very logical partner partnership with their, with the data. So I'm not sure how that would fit in, in their model, but that's would obviously be a need for us, if not our own hardware that we would offer as part of our suite too, you know? So the point being an outdoor, an outdoor data set is needed or is definitely valued in what we're doing. So um, thinking about them there, you know, as, as we move, there's, there's about it for now, as far as immediate partnerships, there's other companies that, that we've been thinking about and been talking to, um, been approached by, but mainly from, you know, they're thinking about getting Pebble set up and doing little environmental studies and what they're doing, you know, existing companies like a tequila company or like campground companies. So, um, very early talks, but you know that was more of of kind of like a a data consultation partnership there. Okay, there are. If you have questions, definitely post them here in the chat. You mentioned earlier as far as the SIM card, and I see a couple of questions. I know I used one NCE, which somebody asked about as being they only sell the business customers, but you and you mentioned AT and T, and I believe do you have a few? 
recommended or confirmed SIM card, SIM data providers that do work with EnviroBlock? So it, it's changed a little bit with that once that one CE. That was kind of the go-to outside of the U.S. And then there, there's always kind of been that business entity deal there. And I, I know users got around it, but, but IOTech specifically created that autobond.earth website to where they could be the company. So where essentially they pre-bought a whole bunch of SIM cards where you could then go just buy it directly from IOTechs at the autobond.earth website. But those are the two main ones. And like I said, that's, that's been the biggest constraint is, is getting the SIM card, you know, get it depending on which country you're in. Cause like I said, Malaysia is one Philippines, I think is, those are two, I think Malaysia is actually onboarded, but Philippines is definitely a country that doesn't have infrastructure and there's a couple others. So that's a limiting factor for those users, you know, but, but the two offhand the two are, are certainly AT&T in the US and then the one CE slash autobond.earth for users outside. And there's, I've posted it, but there's also, um, you can go to the community forum within IOTEX and I'll, I can send that to you here as well for those users, but you can see kind of the, the working SIM cards by nation that they've, that they've identified there. If you could actually just post in the chat here, because you do have a an EnviroBlock, EnviroBlock stream, uh, excuse me, an EnviroBlock Telegram group, which people can get information like that and see what you have the where you have the sensors uh, listed. But yeah, if you want to post a link to that, and they can head over there as well to learn more about the project. And there is a question here about what kind of marketing and outreach initiatives does EnviroBlock employ to promote its platform to potential customers? Uh, so what are you guys doing as far as outreach? At hustling hustling Twitter. <laughs> no, uh, we're, we're, like I said, we're bootstrapped right now. So all, all our marketing is purely organic. You know, so we're, we're relying on our users to kind of spread the word with their experience. Um, we're heavily involved in IOTech's ecosystem. Everything you see social media wise is me. So I'm, I'm, I'm harping us and, and getting us out there, spreading the word as much as I can. But yeah, we're, we're definitely uh, grateful for everyone that helps kind of echo what we're doing as well. Cause that's, we're purely organic right now. We, we're seeking investment, but haven't received any investment, you know, haven't, haven't taken on any investment yet. So we're in pure bootstrap organic marketing mode to answer that question there. Yeah, no, that's that's I think uh, you know you're you're somebody that's working in a specific industry. You're employing this technology now in your industry, uh, so you know you're not you didn't just like come across a, a project and say, hey, let's try to do something that maybe we'll make a few bucks. Like you're, you know, you have the background, you have the expertise. Um, so and, and like you said, you're not uh, you know you're not just a name. You're in the community. You're at the events, the real world events, and you're so you know you're. You're definitely responsive. You're active on all the social media channels. So I definitely encourage people to, you know, follow you guys. Uh, I feel like I haven't, you know, I don't know. I feel like we haven't heard enough from Chuck. I hope he didn't <laughs> fall asleep. Chuck, um, no, Chuck tends to let me, because I'll talk for hours. So he tends to let me kind of be the lead. And if he needs to correct me, he'll chime in. So I must be doing okay. <laughs> yeah, if you have, I mean, I, I, you know, if he has something, if he has something he wants to add about the project that Chuck, chime uh, in. Chuck. He wants to touch on, yeah, I'd love to, to hear from him as well. No, um, you know, William covers it very, very well. And 
I let them, I let them go and let them run. But we, uh, you know, it's, you're right, Rob, you know, we're really, we're, we're in it. We're doing it. We have that experience and that knowledge and expertise. And so it's comes natural to uh, Will and I in this arena for what we're doing. And just, I, I keep saying we're, we're just touching the, our toes are in the water and what we're doing and where we're going to go. The, there's so many different, like you asked the question about, you know, what, what other areas are we monitoring and what we want to do? You know, we talk about pulling data from devices that are already in the homes, you know, uh, how many Nest, Google Nest are already out there. And so we're trying to look at a smart home concept where we can pull, start pulling data from APIs from other devices already in there on top of just putting the our devices in there. There's a lot of IoT things going on that that's not being utilized that well. And if you pull them together, we can then make the, the data more valuable. So that's another thing we're looking at pushing to go through. Chuck, what is your involved in, in your background? I know you mentioned a little bit in the beginning, but what brought you to blockchain? How, how did you get involved? What was your start in blockchain? Well, it was very similar to William where, uh, you know, I kept looking for, I needed a block, blockchain buddy, somebody I could work with and talk to with the ideas and stuff and what's going on. And the same attraction to the physical, the digital world to the physical, you know, I try to explain the blockchain to folks and it's, you know, all digital. So that, that came through. So my one joy is the, the back end, working on the back end part of the business. Uh, so I'm, you know, right now working and I'm by far not a developer, but have enough knowledge to know where my skills and my, my weaknesses are, but I like pulling the data back from, from the web stream from IELTX. So these pebbles right to, to IELTX web stream, we're pulling that data back into just the pebbles that we, we care that's in our ecosystem. We pull that back into a data source of our own and that's where we do our analytics on. And so we, we maintain that data starting from like August of last year to the current. And these pebbles write every five five minutes, they write to the web stream. And we're pulling that data back down for us probably every, you know, two or three times a two day three times. for our analytics. Do you have a, a, a visible dashboard? So if you look That's at- I was just about to say. So our, our uh, dev team right now is working on, as we speak, Tying, you'll be able to create a login for our users. You'll be able to create a login on our website and be able to actually see your own data dashboard. And you'll be able to see your rewards that you've accrued, all of that. So, you know, right now, our users, unless I'm unless I'm messaging y'all like I've done many times and kind of screenshotting some data for you so you can see what's going on, you know, y'all are completely blind to it. You're just receiving rewards every night. So that's a huge milestone for us figuratively and financially with the Halo grant. But very soon, you know, all these data providers have been been feeding us their data are gonna be able to log in to our website and be able to see your your dashboard to see your curves. So the the first iteration will just be kind of seeing your own data on like a a day, week, month basis. Um, and then later on we'll be able to integrate and start be able to see comparisons to other users. Um, we'll be able to start doing some performance analytics and, and do a ranking system off of that as we grow and, and start hitting different network effects. But being able to log in and see your dashboard is going to be huge. And so that, you know, don't quote me, but hopefully here within the next month or so, you'll be able to, to log in and see that. Okay. Uh, and there's a question in there about 
devices per location or per, you know, I know Helium uses the hex. Do you have any restrictions or do you have, like you mentioned a house in Georgia where they have a, a pebble on each floor. How are you, how are you separating that data as far as first floor attic? How are they logging in or identifying the different locations? If, if somebody has five pebbles in their house, how do you know where they are? Yep. So, um, and what I got off of earlier was the controlled installation. So, so those that have onboarded have, you know, we require what kind of pebble it is, indoor, outdoor, attic, you know, your your location, all of that. But we also want to see a couple photos. So we can see the the property that you're in. We don't we don't want any addresses or license plates or anything like that, but we want to see, you know, is it a tile roof, a shingle roof, is it a brick brick siding or is it a you know vinyl siding that kind of deal shape of the roof all of that plays in that also keeps a controlled setup to where we're able to get value and be able to filter this value in our database you know based on just those just those photos very early on we had a spreadsheet that was sending out and trying and hopefully and hoping people would fill out and some people understood their house enough most people didn't but you know, there's a lot that we can filter and, and finish the registration on our side from the data set from just photos of the exterior property. But there's not really a limit to devices per property as long as we're getting a different data set. You know, we haven't had anyone come with us at, you know, a 1500 square foot house with 10 pebbles yet or anything like that. We want to be able to at least get different types of data for that one property. And we actually encourage multiple devices per property because it gives us the first, if, if we kind of had this like tree system of priority, the first pebble would go in your attic. The second pebble would go on your back patio out of, out of direct sunlight. Your third pebble would go inside in like your living room, right? Your, your fourth pebble would go upstairs if you had one. Fifth pebble in your basement if you had one you know, kind of that, that tier system of data, but not to answer your question, not specific limit set on devices per property. We just want to try to get a different data set per device, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think what's important is the data is you're collecting the right data. I think for if somebody thinks that they're going to, you know, fool the system and put a whole bunch of pebbles in there, in their office upstairs and just start collecting tokens. I mean that, you know, that's, that's one thing, but I think the idea being that, you know, you want the data because like the user with the hurricane or somebody with moisture in their basement, if you, if you don't have the, the pebbles set up correctly, then the, the, the data is, doesn't, doesn't have any value. And let's say, you know, you have, and, and this, this isn't really applying to your project, but you could have a, you could be collecting data from a fire, from a smoke alarm. Well, if the fire occurs and the smoke alarms are all burnt up and the fire department or the insurance company says, no, there were no smoke alarms in place, but you have data that shows up until the fire occurred, right? you know, that you were recording the data, then now you have something to claim with your insurance company. Or if there's, if there's a situation with the flooding basement and you have a pebble down there that shows that you've never had moisture readings above an acceptable level, then you know, you can show that to your insurance company. So I think what's important is that the users are properly placing them and they want to understand the data themselves. Uh, right. You know, you're not just here to, to, to get a token. This isn't a miner. It's it's a data collecting device that's, you know, you're collecting data, it's usable data. So I think that's important as well. So. 
Yeah, exactly. And the the end user ultimately will be able to see the efficiency of their home. You know, and any any energy conscious or any homeowner that cares about their energy bill is going to be curious. You know, and for the the faking of data, you know, we're able to see that if all five of your pebbles are all are all running on the same line, that we know they're all in the same room. You know, so it, the data is going to be able to we're going to be able to see the data. You're not going to be able to fake that really much. You know, really well. And that's another cool thing about the IOTEX blockchain and their and their hardware. It's it's tamper proof software, i.e. their blockchain and tamper proof hardware. They're they're Pebble, you know. So um, good luck hacking into it. But uh, the data, as far as if you just want to get lazy and throw them all in the same room, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be able to chart and we're able to see that. But that's not really a concern of ours. More, more so, we want to see the setup and installation because we're we're coaching people on what not to do. You know, you don't want to set a pebble right behind your computer that's exhausting or something like that. You know, because the hot fan is going to change the whole environment that 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 pebble's registering. You know, so that's more of anything. Seeing that installation photo is just, you know, a lot of times I'll respond, hey appreciate the photo when you get a chance move that pebble off that socket off that light lamp or whatever they have it hooked up to they might be throwing the data off you know because again we we want valuable data that we can then use and, and sell at a, at a later time you know rob they have the uh they have the gps in them so we also gives us ideas where they're at also gives us ideas when they're relocated right. and the other thing is stable nor data normalization so we typically have ideas what temperature should be if a pebble is in a particular spot. And then we have monitors that are looking for, for uh, anomalies, things that change. Well, okay, this was in a, a basement and now it's it's got, you know, 130 degrees. So we're reaching out to people saying, why is that temperature hot? Is something going on? Because uh, the basement's normally cooler than your attic. So we have those kind of filter set up so we can catch those kind of alerts and down the line the vision is a lot of that will be automated and you as the user would be made aware of that time as well and it's more of like a home management perspective hey you're you're registering hotter than all of your neighbors or everyone in your region or something like that and from a marketing perspective to the industry it's now a targeting point from them not by name or anything like that but just by a user wallet of hey We've uh, analyzed that your attic's running hotter. Do you want to see our new line of solar attic fans or something like that, you know, as a marketing pitch and, and opportunity from industry back down to the user? So kind of a, a two-way value system there for sure. Yeah, and, and uh, some of that information that you're talking about now and reviewing it, that would come along when you mentioned, I guess, a future update in a dashboard. And somebody had asked in there about an, an app so that they can access the data and monitor it. And is that something that uh, you mentioned, I think, did you say in the next month or so that you'd have a dashboard up and running ideally, or is that, would that include a, mo a mobile app? So dashboard, certainly in, in this quarter, Q2, I'd say. I'm not developing it, right? So um, our, our dev team is working on that. So I don't want to put any time constraint on them, but certainly Q2 dashboard, and that'll be the first. And then we're going to build our app off of that. Um, so the app will be later on. Yes, the, the first iteration will be through our website. Well, we're actually right at about three o'clock now. We've got another minute or so, but I think if you want to sort of 
you know, close it out. Uh, any last thoughts, anything you want the community to know about your project, you know, how to get in touch with you, anything last, last minutes you want to add? For sure. Yeah. Two, two, two main points. Uh, we are in our bootstrapping mode. So, you know, everything is generated off of our IOTEX delegate. If you are uh, a staker with your IOTEX tokens, you know, everything that, that uh, is staked with us, we're using our earnings to then fund our data rewards pool. So, you know, you're directly funding our company right now with your staking. So very much appreciative to existing and future stakers there. On that note, we're getting ready to adjust our percentages here to be a little bit more attractive to stakers and voters. So for announcements on that here upcoming, that will be something that we're enacting here in April. So we want to make ourselves a little bit more attractive as a delegate. So we're going to try that for April and hopefully get the results we want because we really want to be in that top 10 uh, delegates there. So that is our revenue generator right now. And that is our bread and butter that keeps us going. So um, definitely appreciate you all for, for staking now and, and in the future and definitely keep an eye out for that. Otherwise, it's just Twitter. Our milestone two with uh, with IOTEX is, is a, a second 10K. Our, our first was 5K. This is 10K. And this milestone is achieved by the 1,000 Twitter followers. So we're, I think we're at 820 right now. So go follow us if you're not already. But also this integration to be able to view your dashboard is going to complete that milestone too. So that'll uh, very big here coming up for us. So keep your eyes out. Thank you. Uh, Chuck, do you have any last words? No, I don't. Thank you guys, Rob and the team and everybody putting this together. We appreciate the time and uh, look forward to getting to know you guys a lot more better. Yeah, Chuck. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to ask if you could if you could post a link to your, I don't know if you did it earlier, but post a link to your group because you mentioned staking and the delegators. And I think that's something that we could probably spend another hour on. But, you know, maybe for the people here that have the token that are interested in the IOTECH ecosystem, you could give that, they could get some more information on that. And maybe we can have them direct them over to your Telegram community for more, more information on the staking of the IOTEX token. Of course. Y'all post that here when we get off. Yeah. All right. I think that's it for today. So what we're going to do is wrap it up here. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all so much for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Tip and Project podcast. All relevant links are included in the show notes. Please remember to subscribe and rate to be notified of future episodes and to let us know that you enjoyed this podcast.